Hello and welcome to the Christ Fellowship weekly podcast. At Christ Fellowship, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and His purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on Sunday morning, please visit ChristFellowship.org. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Hey, good morning, everybody. Doing good? Um, man, that's exciting. I just love, don't you love seeing baptisms? Um, well, hey, we uh, uh, just, there, there's going to be a few times during the fall here. I'm trying to do some writing for some school stuff that I'm doing. And, and uh, so we've got a few opportunities, hopefully, to have some different folks in. And I'm excited about uh, just, I was thinking, who is down at Waco that's not on every Sunday, but is one of their great communicators? And, and this is, you guys, this is Luke White. I want to introduce to you. He is the young adult pastor at Antioch Waco. And uh, we got to hang out and have a meal at World Mandate and just getting to know each other and enjoying that. But uh, I want to encourage us, even as we welcome Luke, to, uh, to uh, the way we listen. The way we listen draws out so much of what's in the speaker. So I want to, if that's, if you're a, just a really intense, I mean, don't to be weird as, as you look at him, but, but, be, but intently draw out of what's in him. And, and we've got some, uh, some amener folks. If you're those kind of folks, then, then do that. That'll encourage him too, I think, probably, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, a warm Christ Fellowship welcome for Luke White. Y'all give it up. Thank you, man. Y'all are awesome, Christ Fellowship. It's fun to get to be here with you this morning. Uh, this is my first time up here to Christ Fellowship, and uh, but have admired Jamie and Kim and the team for many years. You guys are rich. You're rich in people, rich in Jesus. Uh, and I was telling these guys this morning as we were praying, the, the immediate sense that I got for uh, your kind of local body is that you guys are just a people of peace, uh, that you are a people that really carry the peace of God. And so we are excited to get to share with you and also receive from you guys as we have in worship and otherwise. Um, so I want to inter- introduce to you my family just so you get to know us a little bit. Uh, we got a photo up here. This is my beautiful family. Uh, that's my littlest, uh, my little girl Haven on the far left. She's three now. My little boy James, uh, James Lucas White the third right there, and he is a year and a half old. Uh, he actually outweighs Haven by about five pounds at this point and counting. Uh, and then my stunningly beautiful wife, Rachel, who's sitting down here on the front row. She'll be taking pictures. That's right. People are like, hey, man, you got cute kids. And I just say, hey, man, marry a beautiful girl, and you're going to end up with really cute kids. So guys, single guys, if you're wondering how to get cute kids, there's your answer. Uh, but really, it's a privilege to be here with you guys today. If you're taking notes, uh, I'll give you guys the sermon title at the beginning. Like it said up there, we're going to be talking about margin, making space for Jesus in the midst of a busy life. Can I get an amen in the room? My goodness, space for Jesus. And like Jamie said, I, I, li- I like a talk back audience. So uh, anybody like golf in the room? Okay, so a couple of you guys, this isn't golf. Okay, church, you can interact. You can talk back. You can yell at me. You can hoop and holler. If my jokes are terrible, laugh anyways. It'll make me feel better. And we are going to have fun at church today because uh, Sundays is the, is the best day as we get to encounter Jesus in a powerful way. You know, I was thinking about margin, about taking space. My wife and I actually just got back from a, a vacation, which happens about once a year. Now, this is a real vacation, which means we left the kids at home. The, the other ones are just called trips. We took a vacation. Uh, we got away, and we're really, really refreshed. And um, actually celebrated five years of marriage uh, just on Friday. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. A lot of answered prayer. A lot of answered prayer in those five years of marriage. And, and you know, one of the things we realized is that early on is that we like to spend our margin, we like to spend our free space a little bit different. Any married couples know what I'm talking about? Saturday rolls around and you know that there's two different options, either his or her options for how you're going to spend Saturday. For us, it didn't even take us to get past the first week in a marriage where we realized this. So we roll into, you know, we get married, go on our honeymoon comeback. And that first weekend, it's the weekend where there's boxes everywhere around our house that we just moved into. And uh, Saturday morning, I wake up early doing my thing, right? I'm still kind of in single guy mindset, which means I've got my schedule. It's not a we schedule, it's a me schedule. And so I get out of bed and I, you know, I spend time with Jesus from six to seven. And then I get going and I'm like, you know what? Today is Saturday, which means we're going to get a lot done today. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to bless my wife. I'm going to get out the whiteboard and I'm going to start writing down some tasks and I'm going to make assignments. Now I'm going to take most of the assignments, but I'm going to give her some as well. And so I'm writing our names next to it. She's still asleep. And I'm thinking, man, I, I'm really going to bless my new wife today. And so sure enough, around eight o'clock, she's still not up. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, what's she doing in there? And so I go in there and lo and behold, she's, she's sleeping. And so I kind of rub her on the shoulder and say, good morning, my love. Aren't you excited for this day that the Lord has made? And she's like, wow, why are you talking to me? And I said, hey, hey, look at what I brought for you. And I pull out the whiteboard. And she looks at me looks at my eyes, shakes her head and rolls over and goes back to sleep. I'm like, get out of bed. What, like, what are you doing? She's like, there is no way that we are spending our Saturday, our first Saturday married, doing all of those tasks. And I realized to myself that, oh, man, marriage, the, the whole thing about it's going to be a little hard. <laughs> They're not lying about that. Free space, free time, margin, that's what we're talking about today. But not just how do we spend our Saturdays, but how do we spend those little increments of time, the little Selah moments of our days, the little breath and time, maybe when you're driving to work, when you wake up early, after work, when you're going to bed, what do you do with that free space and how we can look to invest some of that free space into Jesus and how when we invest our free space into Jesus, it can, we can't help but be changed. Does that sound Okay. So uh, we're going to read from a, a few different passages of Scripture. I love the Word of God. It is alive. It is powerful. It has changed my life. Lucas, man, that was a powerful testimony, brother. And I, I felt like just having your dad up there, we could just have ended the service there, had ministry time, and people would have met with Jesus because that's what it's all about, that lives would be changed through the Word of God. So we're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And I'm not going to go into this uh, wives submit to your husband's passage, although that's a famous part in here. We're going to be talking instead today about time. So verses one through two, we're going to begin with. And it says this, it says, follow God's example. Aren't you thankful that we have a, a God that set an example for us? Therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant uh, offering and sacrifice to God. That's a good word right there. And then I'm going I'm to skip ahead to verse 15, where it says this. Paul says this. He says, be very careful then how you live, not as, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Is anybody today like, I would love to understand a little bit more about what God's will is for my life? You know, I love uh, another version of this uh, says this, it says, redeeming the time, redeeming the time. Anybody want to take back some time? Anybody need more time? Anybody start their day off just going, man, if only I had a little more time. 
I believe today that, that through the, the word that God's given me, that we're going to find some more time. Now, I'm not going to instantaneously multiply time. We're not going to travel back in time. But I believe that as we look at the word of God, we're going to discover that there's a, a way that we can redeem the time, that we can take back the time, we can invest it into Jesus. Did you know that time is your most valuable asset? Time is your most valuable asset. I know we just, we just did our tithes and offerings where you guys gave your financial resources. But you can get more money. You can't get back time. We can look ahead, though, and we can go, hey, how do we reprioritize our most valuable asset? And so that's what I want to talk about you today. I've got three points. They're going to keep me on cue. I think I got a clock in the back, uh, and I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to roll through this today. My first point is this. If time is our most valuable asset, then how we budget our time is pretty important. Maybe you've never thought about that. Maybe you've, th- maybe you've never thought about a financial budget. I'd encourage it. It's very helpful. But there's also a way that we can budget our time. And my first point is that the way that we budget our time reflects the condition of our heart. The budget of our time reflects the condition of our heart. You said it said where you spend your money, there your priorities are. Well, I would argue with you this morning where we spend our time is oftentimes an even better portrayal of where our priorities are. Matthew 6, 19 says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. Obviously, he's talking about financial treasures, but we know that, that time's our most valuable asset. Therefore, time is also a treasure. Do not store up treasure on earth where moth, rust, destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart is also. If you were to look at your calendar today, and for those of you who don't calendar, if you were to think about the layout of your week today, what would it say about your priorities? Well, obviously, the bulk of it would probably be work, right? I mean, this isn't a sermon to say throw out work. Work is good. It's from God. It's an important thing to survive in life. So you've got this work priority, most definitely on your schedule. What about the value of family? Is that on your schedule? What about the value of Jesus? Is Jesus built in to your schedule. You know, when we look at the Word of God, like it says in Ephesians, and we want to discover what the will of God is, we need to look at our resources and go, hey, well, if it's our most valuable resources, how should we spend our time? Let me ask you this. Have you ever gotten to the end of your day and asked yourself, where did all the time go? You ever got to the end of the week and been like, where did the week go? Or the month and be like, how is it October of 2017? Or gotten to the end of the year and been like, did we even, were we even in 2017? <laughs> like, what happened? Like, 2016 was the year that everybody wanted to forget. 2017 is the year that nobody remembered because it flew by. <laughs> and here we are in October of 2017, and time is flying by, right? So how do we get back more time? Oftentimes our time flies because we're doing important things, but sometimes we're really just spending our time on meaningless things. Yes. Now, don't get me wrong, I love some sports center, but really... <laughs> How much meaning is that bringing to your life? You got that Instagram, and I know it's important to know the latest tr- fashion trends. Obviously, Jamie spends a lot of time on that, figuring out his fashion trends. <laughs> but we end up spending our downtime doing, doing meaningless things, do we not? I mean, we wake up on Saturday morning, or we get home from work late at night, and we just kind of want to veg out, just ch- check out a show, watching Netflix, and kind of kick it. Next thing we know, boom, our free space is over with. And we're left going, well, what happened, and I, why am I still tired? This meaningless things. That's what it's, that's what this, the wisest man that ever walked the face of the earth, apart from Jesus, 
King Solomon says in Ecclesiastes Ecclesiastes 1, he says, everything's meaningless. Completely meaningless. Why do people get all their hard work done under the sun? Generations come and go, but the earth never changes. Sun rises and the sun sets and it hurries to rise again. The wind blows south and turns north. Around it goes, blowing in circles. Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then water returns again and the rivers flow out into the sea. Everything is wearisome beyond description. No matter how much we see, no matter how much we satisfy, we're never satisfied. No matter how much we hear, we are not content. You ever felt like you're spending your time constantly investing in things that aren't bringing satisfaction, that aren't bringing contentedness? So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to find some time for you guys, okay? I'm going to find some time. I know I said we can't invent time, but I'm going to find some time for you, not necessarily historically, but futuristically for you. So here's what I want to do, something that you've probably never been asked to do by a preacher before. Pull out your iPhone with me. Now, if you don't have an iPhone, I can't help you there. But if you do have an iPhone, uh, I'm going to walk you through a few steps of how we are going to literally physically redeem your time right here, right now. So pull out your iPhone with me, and then you're going to go to the settings button. That's that wheel-looking cog button. You're going to open up the settings button, and then you're going to scroll down just a little bit till you see this, this icon for battery, okay? Go ahead and click on the I'm serious. We're going to do this together. Click on that battery, and what's happening is it's loading your battery usage. You'll see the spinning arrow, and then battery usage is going to pop up. Some of y'all know where I'm going now. Some of y'all are wanting to put your phone away right now, but keep it out. Bear with me, okay? We're going to scroll down to where it says battery usage, you're going to see a list of apps that are ranked. You've got your rankings of apps, and you see percentage, not so bad. But next to the very top right, there's a little clock. Go ahead and click that little clock. You guys tracking with me? Click that clock next to seven days, and then hit last seven days. Your last seven days. Go ahead and look at your last seven days. And what you're going to discover here is, is where your time has gone. You're going to discover where your time has gone. Because what happens is everybody there... Okay, so you're going to see where you've spent your time this last week. For me, I spent 2.9 hours on messages. That is a very pastoral thing to be doing, right? I'm constantly texting people, trying to stay on the game, mostly texting my wife because she's so good looking. And then I've got phone. What are your, what's your ranking there? And maybe you're sitting next to your spouse trying to hide your phone from the fact that you spent 18 hours on Instagram this last week or three hours on social media or ESPN. Has anybody never seen that function before? Does anybody never want to see that function again? (laughs) All right, let's go ahead and close your phones. Close your phones with me. The reason why I show this is oftentimes we don't even know where our time is going. And so thankfully for Apple, (laughs) they've built in this accounting device for our time. So that now you know, so in case you're wondering, man, where am I going to get this extra time to spend time with Jesus? We just discovered you have options. <laughs> you have options with your time. And you have options for where to invest your time. And I, I know you guys just did a little prayer and fasting. And, and here's the good news. I'm not going to tell you to fast from food, but you could go without something, some app on your phone, and you will discover at least, did anybody have less than an hour that they could, I mean, we had one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, maybe seven hours. If you had seven hours on any app, Lord bless you, I've been there before. There is freedom at the end of the tunnel. But you could literally take how much time you spent on that app and devote one hour a day over the course of the next week to time with Jesus. And if you do that and get to the end of the week and you're more tired, then come talk to Jamie because I'm going to be gone. 
If you get to the end of the week and you spend one hour a day with Jesus and your life does not look different, then you can call me up personally and say, you were wrong. But my belief is that if you get to the end of the week and you invest an hour a day with Jesus, that your life can't help be changed. See, many of us find ourselves busy. And, and I could talk about the idle person, but this is America. There's not a lot of idle people. Most people would find themselves busy, right? And there's kind of two types of people. There's, 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 there's the busy bobs of the world or the busy Bettys, whatever you want to call them. And these are the people, and you might find yourself like this, that are just kind of running around everywhere. And every time you talk to them, you're like, hey, how you doing, man? Hey, how's it going in life, girl? And, and their response is, ah, just, just busy. Just busy. Life's so busy. Ah, tell me what's going on. I got work. Got family, got kids, got school. And you're like, so does everybody, <laughs> you know? So tell me, what are, you, what are you busy with? And they start to list off this thing and that thing. Have you ever asked yourself, as they're listing off their busyness, or as you're listing off your busyness, like, who's responsible for that? Who's responsible for the, the busyness? Who's responsible for the things on our calendar? Who's responsible for the things? And that's not, that's not a weighty, that's just a realistic affirmation. You know, my, my wife and I, um, uh, we lead a life that oftentimes people come up with to us and will say, how are you, are you just so busy all the time? And, and a few, I think it was a year or two ago, we just, we, we decided to completely fast and reject the term busy in our life. We refuse to say busy because busyness has a connotation of, of I'm a victim of my schedule, right? It has, a, and, and we're not victims. If you're a believer, you are not a victim. You are a conqueror. You're a son or daughter of the king. You're a royalty. You have every right of the kingdom here on earth through your life. And so we are not victims of our schedules. We are stewards of our schedules. And so when people ask me, am I busy? I say, no, I'm not busy, but my life is full. My life is full. My life, if you look at my calendar, it is full. There's not a lot of empty spaces. A lot of my time is budgeted for. Now, some of that budgeted time is an entire day that's blocked off in our calendar that is called the Sabbath <laughs> that we meet with Jesus. That's our Friday. We wake up early. We spend time. Well, we sleep in often as I'm developing in marriage. We get some good rest. We wake up. We spend time with Jesus, with our family. But I have to block it off. My schedule is full, but it's not busy because I'm not a victim of my schedule. I'm not a victim of where I place my time. I'm not, I'm not in debt with my time. I am a steward of my schedule. Now, don't get me wrong. I have not arrived there yet. I was, I was driving back. Rachel and I um, uh, we're at a wedding last night in Austin and I'm driving back and called up my mom, you know, touching base with my mom. And oftentimes I'll keep her informed on what I'm doing. So I'm preaching at this place tomorrow. She, oh, what are you preaching on? I said, oh, I'm preaching on margin, making space for Jesus. She kind of goes, oh, you know that mom? Oh, <laughs> I was like, mom, I she's like, I'm excited to hear what you preach about. <laughs> like, mom. Come on, man. We're figuring it out. But we have definitely not arrived, man. We are still a work in progress. We're still trying to figure out what does it look like to budget our time. You know, John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And if, if time's your most valuable asset, he's going to try to steal your time. He's going to try to rob it. He's going to try to rob you blind. He's going to try to take it and convert it to something if it's not negative that he's trying to convert it towards, it's at the very least neutral. Those, you know, those neutral areas, those gray areas of our lives that, that ends up just being the meaningless moments. But then this next part, I love what, what Jesus says, right? He says, but I came that they may have life and have life 
to the full. He has given us a full life. And so we have the opportunity not to, not to give away our time, but to invest our time. And he's given us this, this, this time for what purpose? It's the purpose of to, to be productive. There's nothing wrong with being productive, but being busy does not equate being productive. Being busy does not equate being productive. Being busy just means we're in a tizzy. <laughs> being productive means we're actually accomplishing something. And so what Jesus set out to do, he said, what? My will is, or my, my job, the, the desire of his heart was to, to do what he saw the Father doing. His desire to be productive was to live a fruitful life. That's what it says in Colossians, right? It says, so that we, as followers of Jesus, may, like, may live a life worthy of the gospel, bearing fruit in every good work. The purpose of investing our time is to be productive. The, the, the element or the uh, evidence of being productive is the fruit in our lives. So if that's the case, then, then how, do we, how do we reinvest our time. What do we need to do? Okay, so have you ever gotten to the weekend and you're like, okay, I, I got margin. I found margin. And you get there and you're like, I have no idea what to do. I don't know how to spend my free time. I'm just, ah, I don't know. And then the free time's gone. And next work week comes around and you're like, darn it, I missed it again. So I want to, what, what I want to, this is kind of my last big point. It's that gaps with God bring productive peace. Gaps with God bring productive peace peace, okay? So again, the busy Bob mentality, the busy Betty mentality. My wife gives me a hard time when company's coming over because I turn into busy Bob. I'm literally spinning around in circles, like trying to just pick up everything and anything around me. And I don't even really like, like clean. I just kind of shove things in cabinets when people are coming over. I have this tornado. I literally call it tornado cleaning because it's not really cleaning. It's just throwing stuff and hoping that it lands in some sort of cabinet. And this is what I have a tendency to do in the busyness of my life, too, where I'm spinning around in circles, throwing stuff everywhere, hoping that something sticks, but not really getting anything done. In order to get something done, we need to tap into the source of the fruit, right? He's the vine. We are the branches. If we abide in him, if we abide in Jesus, if we abide in the Father, how much more fruitful will our lives look? So what are these gaps with God? Let's look at some gaps with God. And I'm going to give you three different examples of gaps with God. For you planners, you're going to love this first one. They're called scheduled moments with God. I know, divine. Scheduled moments with God. The second one is spontaneous moments with God. And then the third, down, third one is this novel idea of slow down moments with God. Okay? Got those scheduled moments, spontaneous moments, and slow down moments. So here's a scheduled moment. Your daily time with Jesus. I heard it said when I was early on walking in my faith, and, and Lucas, your story reminds me of mine, not just because we have the same name, but um, uh, you know, in, in college, I was, a, I was a complete wreck. My life was a disaster. I put my identity in so many different places and, and was just overcome with, with anxiety, with depression and, and hopelessness. And then, I, and then I met Jesus authentically, met Jesus, and he began to transform my life. And you know, growing up, I'd witness my mom doing something called a devotional every morning. And so I had that ingrained in my mind, but I'd never prioritized that in my life. So in, early, in the early stages of walking with Jesus, I found myself at Awaken, which is the spring break trip for the college ministry. And I remember sitting down with Jimmy Seibert, who's the senior pastor of Antioch Waco and uh, helps oversee the, the rest of the Antioch movement. And uh, he said something that I'll never forget. He said, I know that in, in my daily walk, I'm always three days away from falling right back into the sin and the brokenness that I came from. And he said, What's, what, the only make or break of those three days is whether or not I spend time with Jesus. 
He's like, if I don't spend time with Jesus for one day, I get a little ugly. You ever done that before? You skip time with Jesus. By the end of the day, things are looking a little ugly. My wife would say that's never happened to me. Uh, then day two rolls around. He's like, you know, I, and I might kind of start to dabble a little bit, a little bit, glance a little bit longer, maybe think about things that I ought not to think about. So that by day three, that I haven't spent time with Jesus, that I haven't connected to the vine, that I haven't figured out where to prioritize my time, I find myself falling back into some of those same patterns. Three days away. Now, that's not a fear factor statement. I don't want you to hear that as a fear factor statement. I want you to hear that as an opportunity to commune with your creator, with your, with your savior, to be reminded of Jesus. You're so good. You're so worth it. And so just three basic keys for that time with Jesus is word, worship, and prayer. I'm sure you guys have heard that around here. If you're like, what do I do? Word, worship, and prayer. If you do that in any order, any sequence, however you want, if you, if you talk to Jesus, if you pray, if you look at his word, that's going to help. And then if you worship, you're going to actually get your eyes off of yourself, which is really helpful for, for perspective. So that word, worship, and prayer, that daily time with God, that's one type of scheduled ways to spend time with God. But then we also do something that we call retreats, family retreats, personal retreats, and Jesus modeled that for us, did he not? He, he would oftentimes pull away and go off to a mountain. I, I'm like, what a, what a bro moment. He's going to the mountainside. I'm like, I totally identify with that in Jesus. Some of you people might not like mountains. It's okay. You can go to a coffee shop, whatever you need to do to pull away and to have a retreat. We kind of just did that this last week, whether it's a vacation or just an intentionally extended scheduled time. You got to schedule it. It's not, it's going to disappear if you don't put it on your calendar where you connect to Jesus. We, we spent most of our vacation reflecting, just looking back and said, Jesus, thank you for all that you've provided. Thank you for where you've come through. And what happens is it actually, even though we might feel the weight of what we have coming ahead, when we look back and are reminded of what he's done, this, grati- this, this uh, gratitude wells up in our spirits and allows us to have the energy to take on what's coming ahead. That's that scheduled moments, but then all you non-planners are like, give me the spontaneous, right? But let me just say, if you don't have this scheduled, it's going to make the spontaneous a little bit more difficult. Because those scheduled moments, you know you're going to get to come back to, but the spontaneous, that's the overflow moments. The spontaneous moments, that's when moms, you're, you're driving your kids to drop them off at soccer practice, or dads, you're doing the same thing. You drop them off, right? And then you have this moment that's called space, where you're driving in your car, nobody's around, kids aren't screaming, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Students, you might go in between classes, you're going wham, bam, bam, but you have this thing called passing period that happens, right? Where you're, where you're moving from one place to the next. The Psalms, and David talks about this in the Psalms, it's called a Selah moment. This little breath in time that you'll find throughout your day if you just pay attention. Where are those spontaneous moments that are gonna come in? And in those moments, sometimes I'll pray, but really, the most helpful thing that I've found is to say, thanks, Jesus. If just throughout the course of your day, in those moments when you think about it, you just say, thanks, Jesus. Like, I'm feeling kind of stressed today, but thanks, Jesus. And sometimes you say, thanks, Jesus, and then you got to think about what you're thankful for. (laughs) And then as you start to think about it, just five seconds, thanks, Jesus. Thanks that, that I'm alive today. Thanks that I have breath in my lungs. Thanks that I have clothes on my body. Thanks that I've got food. Oh, okay. I've communed with Jesus. I can continue on in my day. The best time to do that is when you're super stressed. The best time to do that is when you feel like you don't have time to do that. It takes five seconds and it changes your world. Those are the spontaneous moments. Last but not least, I want to talk about the slowdown moments. The slowdown moments. A friend of mine uh, described a condition that she has called the BBD. The BBD, also known as FOMO, is the bigger, better deal. 
the bigger, better deal, that you are in a state of being anxious about what you need to do because you're always worried about the, the next best thing that's coming down. It generally happens around Friday for a lot of people. It's, it's I don't want to commit to, to, to going somewhere or doing something because I just want to hang on to the last minute to make that decision so that I make the best decision to know where to invest my time. You ever been there before? Our lives are happening at such an incredible rate that sometimes what we need to do is just slow down and appreciate whatever moment is happening in front of us. This, this became a reality to me when we had our first, first child, Haven Faith. Uh, she was a micro child, still is kind of a micro itty bitty little thing. And, um, and she's way different than my son. My son, since he's been bored, he's one and a half. I think I've snuggled with him for about five minutes total. And uh, the rest of the time, he just kind of flails. And so we just kind of put him in his crib and he falls asleep. It's amazing. But with my daughter, it takes a little more intention. I mean, she, she was, she's just the most cuddly little thing you've ever seen. And so every night that I was putting her to bed, I would take her, uh, her into a room and, and we'd rock like this for a little while. And she'd, she'd be out cold in about 30 seconds to a minute. I'd sing a song. Never the same song because I can never remember the lyrics to my songs. Um, but it was the sweetest moments. And I just found myself sitting there. But it, the weirdest thing happened where I'm like, this is the most, pre-, like, oh, you're like, oh, it's a precious moment. But I found myself getting excited for what's next, which was sitting on the couch, hanging out with my wife, watching the show. And I was, I was tempted to just, to just move past that moment. You ever been there before? I did, oh, this is so good, but I, uh, I got other things to do. And what God kind of spoke to me in that moment is 60 seconds. Take 60 seconds. Take 60 seconds extra time to be with your little girl. My wife's a wedding photographer. We go to weddings often. I'm often watching the, the father-daughter dance. And Rachel will always ask me, are you thinking about Haven in that moment? And I am, oftentimes. And I want the, the time when I'm dancing with my daughter to look back on my 60 seconds that I took with her and remember that I invested a little bit more time with my baby girl. Because time's flying by. You that have kids, you know that. Time's flying by. And in order to capture that time, in order to embrace that time, we have to slow down. When we, when we were on our vacation, the first day I found myself walking around really quickly and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm on vacation. Like I'm on the beach and I'm walking way too fast. And so I literally was like, I'm going to walk slower. <laughs> and so as I slowed down physically, this amazing thing happened where my spirit began to slow down. It took a whole day of me getting used to this. It was, it, it, it was, it was amazing. Some of us literally just need to physically slow down. I'm not looking at my wife because she thinks that I still need to physically slow down. And, and I do. But when we slow down, then we get to savor those extra moments, whether it's time with your kids, whether it's time with your spouse, whether it's just time in the presence of God, those slow down moments. So we got those scheduled moments, got the spontaneous moments, and we've got the slow down moments. My hope today is that if, if nothing else, we, we've discovered a little bit more about how we can invest our time. You know, the budget of our time, like I said at the beginning, reflects the condition of our heart. And I realize that anxiety is a very real thing that we're facing today. Anxiety is something that is robbing us of the peace that God has for us. But I believe that a full life is so much better than a busy life because gaps with God are going to bring the productive peace that we need, the communing with God, the laboring with God to see the fruit of God in our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's stand together, and we're going to go into a time of response. The band could come on up here. 
Now, response times, guys, if you're like, how do I respond here? Oftentimes we do calls to the front, but I want to give you guys an opportunity. This, I want to give you a little gap with God. Can I give you a gap with God right now? So if the band could just come on and just play some of those beautiful keys and just kind of hover, we're going to actually give about 30 seconds, 60 seconds of, of space. And in this gap with God, I just want to encourage you to ask God one simple question. Okay, it's one simple question that very well could change your, your day or your week or your life. God, how do you want me to invest my time this week? Just ask them that simple question. God, how this week do you want me to invest my time? Go ahead and close your eyes if you feel distracted. If you're thinking about where to hurry on next to, I encourage you to just pause. Just say, Jesus, how do you want me to spend my time, my gaps with God this week? Amen. There's, there's 60 seconds. It doesn't take much to just pause and get a, get a gap with God. And lastly, I want to I just invite anybody who would say, man, I like this idea of spending time with God, but I don't know God. I don't know Jesus. I saw this Lucas guy get baptized, and I don't know what that's about. If, if you're in the room and you're saying, man, I don't know God, but I'd like to know God. I don't know this Jesus, but my life is full of anxiety and brokenness. If, if you're in this room today and you say, man, I, I want to know this Jesus person. Jesus was an amazing man, is an amazing man, lived and walked on this earth and, and, and died a death on a cross uh, to set us free from, from sin and death, to set us free from anxiety and pain. And he wants to meet with you today. And so if that's you, just, just for the sake of maybe one person in the room, two people in the room, let's just close our eyes. And I want to invite you into this simple prayer. And this prayer is not magical. It's not about the words. It's about what's happening in your heart. As you invite him to meet with you. So if that's you that you're saying, man, I want to know Jesus, would you just pray this simple prayer with me? Jesus, I admit that I'm in need. Jesus, I admit that I'm sinful and broken and I repent. Jesus, I want to know you more. I declare you as Lord over my life. I believe that you died and rose again to set me free. So Jesus, I want freedom in you. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, and you authentically believe that in your heart, what happened is that the Holy Spirit just deposited himself in your spirit. And so you probably feel something a little different, whether it's an emotional sense or just a spiritual sense. 
And right now what's happening is there's actually a party in heaven for you because what's happened is you've, you've been saved. You've been set free. And so as the prayer teams come forward, I think you guys are already up here. Great job. Uh, you can come and be prayed for, whether you uh, just gave your life to Jesus or whether you just need prayer. You need breakthrough in some circumstance, physically, emotionally, spiritually. The prayer teams are up here to meet with you. Let's worship together.